Behind the Beats with just Bowen and Bowie J. Well, hello there. It is Bowie Jane with Jess Bowen for Babes Behind the Beats. Uh, g'day, Jess Bowen. Hello there, Bowie. I'm I'm excited because we're uh, we're doing our chinwag again for the first time in a while. Yeah, we've been a little uh, sloppy with that, but we're back, guys. And we have yeah. on the show today we have Shira Girl, um, gritty and pink founder, singer songwriter, entrepreneur, like all round legends. So. I'm looking forward to chatting to her. Yes, I've known Shira for a long time too, from the Warp Tour days, of course. She had her own stage on Warp Tour, uh, which is so badass. So she's going to tell us all about that, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, Bowie, I, I I have to do a little bit. I, our chinwag might be uh, me venting right now to you because I <laughs> wanted to tell you about my last 24 hours and how stressed I've been. <laughs> yeah, please tell me about because when you hopped on the mic today, just before we got on here, you were like, I am stressed. Yeah, and I was like, I'll save it for the chinwag. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, it's just been, it's all good things, of course. I've been super busy. Uh, the Somerset, we've got back together. So all of yesterday, we were, you know, filming some some videos and then throughout the day, you know, getting ready for our music video. We shot a music video last night, which started at 8 p.m. and didn't end until 5 a.m. So oh my God. that in it. Yeah. And like we're all, you know, we're all older now and we're like this is way past our bedtime like when so we were why younger we're just for people who might not realize why are you shooting at that time is it so you get the night shot it was yeah it was supposed to be a night shot but I just assumed it would have been like hey the sun goes down at like what 7 30 can we get these night shots like can we shoot everything else and just get the night shots you know maybe be done wrapped by like midnight or one in the morning but no didn't even start shooting until like 10.30. Okay, why? Because, every, you know, you just know how it goes when you get onto, onto sets, right? It's like, okay, yeah. your call time's like 9 p.m., but then by the time everyone shows up and you're getting like hair, makeup, and everything set up, all the instruments, all the like getting the camera set up and all that. So first shot wasn't till like 10.30 p.m. Um, but again, all good things, right? I'm so excited about this music video. I think it's going to turn out great. It just happened to be something that kept me up until – you know, five or six this morning. And this is the new, this is the video to Street Lightning. You're this is going to be the video for Street Lightning. And I won't give too much away, but we also had a technical difficulty with one of the props that we used in the video. And it was something that was rented that was going to cost us um, a lot of money because we sort of damaged this. So, oh <laughs> so you rented something for the video. Yes, it got a little it, bit damaged and then it you're got like, damaged. Oh, and so all of this morning was us running around LA trying to figure out how to get this fixed before we returned it so that we didn't have to pay all this money because we essentially like, yes, we damaged this prop. Um, oh, anyways, God. long story short for that, we think we figured it out. It's not going to cost as much as we thought. Um, we have learned our lesson and will not do that again in the future. But <laughs> then I am so busy. I have rehearsal today with another artist that I'm playing with, Noah Vaughn. And I love her to death and, and I have to learn some new songs for her. So I had to take my drums from the music video shoot, obviously, last night to the storage to our rehearsal space that we're <laughs> going to rehearse in tonight. I'm in there bringing my drums in and Lauren is helping me and we're getting the drums inside and we had Pepe with us and Pepe ran out the door really quickly. So we both went out to go grab him because we're like don't run into the street or anything and the door closes behind me and it literally locks like it just automatically locks oh my god and 
keys are in there, phone is in there, and then Lauren's phone is in my car, and my car is locked, obviously. Oh so we are God. have no phones on us. I have... I don't even have my car keys for us to drive somewhere to try and get like help. So we're just like stranded in this building and I open the door to outside and I'm just like calling around like, hello, hello, anyone here, anyone here? And a stranger on the street's like, you okay? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I need to use your cell phone. Cause like we didn't have any cell phone to call anyone. <laughs> and what, someone like, let you use it? Cause that's unusual. Yeah. This guy was like really nice about it. He was like with his friend and we were like, we know this sounds really weird, but like we promise we're not going to steal your phone. You can follow us into this room where we need to make the phone call because there was a room that had this piece of paper, like thank God, that had like these emergency phone numbers on them for this rehearsal space. And it was like, you know, you call these numbers if you need anything, but three of the numbers didn't work. And thank God the last phone number I called, Doug, this guy Doug picked up and I was like, thank you, Doug. You are Shout my savior. Doug. Shout out, Doug. I don't know your last name at all, but thank you, Doug. Uh, helped me out and was able to send someone to like let us into the room, but it took like an hour for the guy to get there, of course. Oh, God. And, um, and also and you that, had a looming podcast recording, so you literally, were having to yeah. get back. I had to get back to you, and I had no way to tell you that I was going to possibly be missing it. I just was like, oh, I might just miss our all of our recordings today because I don't yeah, have my phone I'm locked out and I can't even tell you you know what so. it's funny you say that because I hadn't heard from you this morning not that I would have necessarily but I was like I wonder if she's gonna wake up in time for this podcast and I thought well at least we've got two in a row so. yeah and then that's I was why thinking I thought, you might not get there yeah no I literally texted you like when I got home I was finally like I didn't even say anything to you about like my whole day. I just texted you like a link to like one of our guests and I was like, okay, this is who we have first. And then I got on with you and I was like, I've just had the most stressful 24 hours of my life, I feel like. Oh my God. But yeah, that's crazy. So you, you got your keys back, you got everything back and now you're on air, which is amazing. Thank God. I made it. I made it. But uh, but you have little... got a lot going on because you've got like, you you were playing in multiple bands. Plus, you've yeah. got your own project. So that's what makes it so stressful. Yeah. And of course, I wouldn't trade it for the world, right? Like, I'm so excited and happy to be doing all of this. It's just, uh, it's been it's been a hectic few weeks, honestly. But the last 24 hours specifically, I was like, this is just one thing after another. Like, getting oh locked out God. of that room and not having keys or phones on us and just being like, like, what do you do? I was in panic mode. I just wanted to sit down and cry. <laughs> oh, God. God. When it rains, it pours, doesn't it? Seriously. It really does. But hey, again, what the moral of the story is everything always ends up working out. That's what I need it to does. always remember. Like, of course, like, it's not like anything was that bad. Like, so, no. at some point, it would have been figured out that, like, I will get keys back. Someone will let me into the room, whether that took hours or not like everyone survived right so moral of the story <laughs> everything is always going to be okay <laughs> yeah that's right oh well I'm glad that all worked out that's uh yeah a stressful morning that's for sure um uh, thanks for I've, letting me vent thanks for letting yeah. me vent on the chin wag this yeah, was that was, this ad, was ad chin wag the chin wag was a therapy session for me <laughs> it was for me to just to tell everyone my problems out loud so thanks for listening everyone yeah we're like oh we need to bring the chin wags back because jess is stressed i'm <laughs> <laughs> um, like specifically the chin wags are just going to be jess's therapy sessions now <laughs> yeah that's good actually i love that uh, Oh, well, anyway, well, that, I'm glad that all worked out. And so everyone stay on because we have Shira Girl coming up next. 
Hello, it is Bowie Jane with Jess Bowen on Babes Behind the Beats and our special guest today is Shira Girl. Hooray! Woo! What up? <laughs> uh, Shira, I'm so, so excited to have you on the show today. Uh, you and I have known each other for a few years now uh, yes. from, from the Warp Tour scene. I think we met on Warp Tour was the first Definitely. time we met each other, right? For sure. You were touring with 303. And I believe there was a day where my drummer broke her last set of sticks. <laughs> and we, uh, we, I think we knew each other casually till then, but that's when we right. really became homegirls. We said, you know, and by any chance you got an extra set of sticks because the venue was in the middle of nowhere, like Scranton, PA. Yep. And um, yeah, I remember going to your trailer. You had your custom Jespo and sticks and you were so <laughs> sweet about it. And um, yeah. Then from then on, we were just homegirls. I remember that day. And and yeah, I came, you know, we, like you said, we had known, I think, of each other and kind of like crossed paths. And uh, and then that yeah. was like when we fully were like, let's be friends. And I was like, let's let's do this. Yeah. And uh watched you guys play that day. And you guys are amazing. And obviously, you know, just to let everyone know, you have and had your own stage on Warp Tour. And it was the Shira Girl stage. Can you tell yes. everyone a little bit about when and how this started and, and uh, just give us the history of it because it's it's iconic. And and you just to mention to everyone, you you had some acts like, you know, Joan Jett and, and, and Paramore playing on your stage. So I would love yep. for you to give us a little bit of a background on how this all happened. Sure, sure. Well, um, I was on the tour back in the day, actually, with the Truth Campaign as an MC, and I noticed there were absolutely no female musicians on stage, literally not one. Like there was one female singer, Tsunami Bomb that year, um, but there was no, there were no women with instruments. And then like every now and then there'll be a local band on the Kevin Says side stage for a day, you know, but mm -hmm. I didn't understand because I came up in the Brooklyn riot girl scene and I had all these friends in all girl bands. And so I knew they existed. People tried to tell me when I brought it up, oh, girls don't really play this kind of music. And I said, no, false. <laughs> so um, I met Kevin Lyman. He used to kind of party with all the sponsors uh, back in his crazy days. And, and I just said, hey, why are there no girls on this tour? You know, and he just looked at me and he was like, you know, fuck, man. He's like, I try, I get the Donnas. They don't want to come back. They, they want more money. Like he had a whole like kind of laundry list of defenses. But the thing is, I knew that he cared. And he did have two daughters and I could tell you know he respected women most of the people running the show behind the scenes were women as you know right and so he saw something in me he saw like I was just from the beginning on this crusade you know to just help diversify warp tour for women so um the following year, you know, we wanted to come back and set up some bands and a DJ. I had a DJ in my band, Bowie, actually. Oh. At the time. Yeah, and it was me and a DJ. It was like when I started out, it was kind of an electro punk thing. And um, and we said, you know, let's take over the girls' garage tent and we will play music and then we'll host some bands. And he was like, Great idea. Let's do it next year. Because it was the 10th anniversary of the tour and they had a lot going on. And, you know, when you're like a kid, you're like, next year, next year is next century. You know, like we couldn't <laughs> wait. So we decided to crash the tour. We were touring in a pink RV. We had actually come to LA to record with Tim Armstrong, who I had met um, when Rancid was playing Warp the year before when I was on with Truth. And so we were in town. The tour is rolling through Fullerton and we had this pink RV that we were living in on Silver Lake Boulevard while we recorded with Tim. And we just drove in like we owned it. I think we got our VIP passes, you know, from the truth. And, you know, when you do the tour 
desk. Like you get to know the people who run things. And so you yep. just kind of like we just rolled in like act like you're supposed to be there, right? I still right. use this tactic to this day, right? <laughs> to get into a show. Hey, yeah, we're just we're on our way to production. Pick up the credentials. So we roll in. We park across from the skate ramp next to the truth truck. And we set up a little like, you know, ghetto PA. And uh, the doors open. And the girls came running because they saw this pink RV. They're like, what is this? We, we even had merch. We had like skirts and, you know. Oh, my and, God. Oh, that's great. Um, and there really wasn't anything like it. But the thing is, even though like it was all dudes on stage, the crowd was still half women, you know, half girls and females. So like, yeah. you know, they wanted to see – themselves reflected on stage I think that they just a lot of them honestly didn't know people told me later I didn't know I could be in a band like seriously the girls are so young a lot of them from the middle midwest you know they don't know so um Kevin walks by we're like holding our breath you're like oh god we're gonna get kicked out and he's like Shira you know and he kind of looks around looks up and around and he said okay he's like so you on for the rest of the tour so I thought it was yeah it was kind of both like it was an invitation and a challenge. You know what I mean? Because right. it was like, okay, you think you're so tough. This ain't an easy tour. Like, let's see how far you get. And we did. We followed the tour that year all the way from Cali to New York. Wow. When the tour rolled into New York, I said, listen, Kevin, I have some friends in bands. Because I always, you know, my band, we we performed. It was so fun. Like, I would climb up on top of the RV. I had a wireless mic. I, you know, we did all kinds of crazy things. But I always just had this bigger vision for, like, this movement, you know? I just always felt like, it wasn't just about me and, you know, managers and people in the industry have told me like, oh, you know, you'd be a lot further if you just focused on your own career. But I was like, no, this is about the girls getting together and helping each other. And that's why I love what you guys do. So when we when we rolled to New York, I said, I want to bring in some friends, girl bands. And Kevin said, OK, if you can make it happen, I'll let it happen. That was kind of his whole thing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like. And um, somehow I got like a huge sound company to sponsor us. And this guy, Bubbles, who used to do sound for CBs and, you know, CBGB used to do sound for Blondie back in the day and like oh loved what we were doing. And, you know, donated his time. Poor guy. Like on Randall's Island. Like, you know, Randall's Island. Like it's like it's literally like hell, like dust and everything, <laughs> you know. And but we did it. I brought in my friends' bands and it was awesome. And we had huge crowds. You know, we were just set up in front of the RV, like on the on the ground. And we would get huge crowds and, um, and you know, then they would line up for autographs and everything after and people were stoked about it. So after that year, you know, we kind of proved ourselves and Kevin said, okay, let's do this, you know, officially. I'm going to introduce you to my team. They'll help you with sponsorship. We will help subsidize, you know, gas money. We'll pay the crew. And so, yeah, the next year was 2005. That was the first official year of the stage. Uh, hello, Jess. Guess what? I am going paleo. Uh, because what? Are you really? Yeah, because I need to be like trim, taut, and terrific. And I actually just need to <laughs> bloody get healthy. And you know how like you go to the supermarket and it's a pain? You know, you've got to look up a recipe and blah, blah, blah. So I thought now's the time to move to Green Chef. And Green Chef are owned by HelloFresh, which we've done before and we love. Oh, yeah. But Green Chef has paleo options. They do have paleo options. I've seen that. They also, what excites me about them is they have vegetarian options. And as you know, Lauren, my fiance, is vegetarian and we eat mostly vegetarian. I'm I'm not personally vegetarian, but I will eat vegetarian meals with her. And they have amazing, amazing vegetarian meals. Yeah, and it's all organic and, and just like immune-boosting food is so good. It's really... That's what makes it different. Yeah, and because Green Chef's expert chefs, they design these flavorful meals uh, that go like way beyond the ordinary, no matter what's on the menu. And and for instance, we just recently had the 
linguine with basil pesto, which Ooh. was kale, fennel, peas, roasted red peppers, toasted pine nuts, and it was absolutely delicious. And I bet it was easy to cook because I cooked the parmesan crusted chicken super easy. So easy. It's it's amazing. And uh, yeah, so so what's great about this is that our listeners, you can go to greenchef.com slash beats100 and use code beats100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. How amazing is that, Bowie? Oh, my God. Yeah, the free shipping because that always adds on an extra cost. So this is a really good deal. And they've got options for keto, paleo, plant-powered diets, like a whole – they really have a really unique spot in the market. So you've definitely got to get on board, Green Chef. Absolutely. It's the number one meal kit for eating well. So go get on it, everyone. And we were trying to scramble to like get together, you know, the sponsorship money because we wanted to build, you know, on the tour, there's this Ernie Ball stage, which is like essentially like a flatbed truck that like one of the sides rolls down to become a mobile stage. Yeah. So we're like, we're going to make like a pink, you know, Ernie Ball type stage. And um, we had our eye on this like used Avis rental truck. You know, we were literally like going to make it ourselves. That We were set out. We had some friends, you know, in construction that were going to help us. We had this whole plan. And um, we just needed like, I don't know, 11 G's to buy the truck or something, you know. And so then we got an, an email from Kevin introducing us to someone from Atlantic Records. Hey, we have this new band um, called Paramore. They're like the female Thursday. And, <gasps> um, you know, we, we really want to get them on Warp Tour. And Kevin said, all my stages are filled up. You should talk to Shira. She's oh, doing this wow. girl stage. Okay. So, and I didn't know, you know, I like, I had no idea what we were getting into. Um, He's like, she's great. I had her on Taste of Chaos, the acoustic. So they had, you know, and they were signed to Feel by Ramen, but that was essentially Atlantic Records. So I had right. a meeting with Julie Greenwald in Atlantic Records. Um, And I went up to the office in New York and, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I had interned for a record label for Jive um, back in the day. And I called up, you know, my old boss. I told her, like, what do I do? She's like, make the label, back when labels had money, she said, make the label fly you down to see the band. I said, okay, because literally, this is going to sound strange, but they sent me, you know, a CD back when we would send CDs. They sent me a CD of of the song. They they prepped me by saying it was the Female Thursday. So I thought it was going to be a screamo band. And our whole vision was to show that, you know, women can rock as hard as the dudes can. So we really wanted, like, just like, you know, aggressive, like hardcore punk rock, like metal. Like we didn't want any like singer songwriter stuff, you know? And, um, and she sh- like, they sent me this song, here we go again. And it oh, sounded yeah. like Avril Lavigne. There was no screaming in it. And I was like, right. I was just confused. Cause I, and you know, again, at the time, like looking back, obviously I should have put two and two together. Like, okay, they're back by Atlantic, you know, they're going places. But like, I was just, I don't know. I was playing hard to get, I guess. Like my, my, you know, my old boss was like, oh yeah, make them fly you down. So they fly me down. They they fly me and my partner down to Orlando to see Paramore in back booth. Haley's like 15 at the time. Um, I'm like chilling with her mom. Her mom was like next to me with the camcorder. And as soon as I saw the band, I got it because like (laughs) they kicked ass, you know, like they, freaking kicked ass like they were flipping over each other and and the crowd was so into it and I was like okay this is gonna be dope you know of course you guys can play our stage um and also at the time we had already like had the stage booked because we had we were partnered with MySpace at the time and we already had booked like 
we were crazy about it. We wanted like as many artists as possible to be part of it. So rather than like being smart and being like, oh, let's pick seven bands and take them on the tour, you know, we're like, we're going to have eight different bands every day, you know? And we did this like talent search through MySpace. They were like a partner. So, um, so some, we did, literally didn't have like the room to like put them on the whole tour. They want, they wanted to be on the tour. Kevin's like, you can only have a max of seven bands per day or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, so we're like, okay, let's get them on the tour. I will say, though, like, we really wanted to talk to Haley and, like, kind of get her behind our girl power mission, which these days she's part of. But when she was young, I mean, she was very, like, sheltered, for lack of a better word. She had this team of, you know, 10 managers surrounding her. We couldn't even get close to her. They, she was shuffled into the van after the show. Like, we couldn't even say hi. I think maybe we had, like, a very awkward, like, hey, nice to meet you, you know? But, like, we wanted to connect with her and be like, okay, we're doing this thing, you know, we talk about our mission, and they were not having it. So um, we, we went ahead and we had them, and they were like, we're going to help you get sponsorship from uh, Dickie's Girl. And, oh. and they, they had this whole, like, you know, sponsor team out of Atlantic Records, um, and... I said, okay, sounds great, you know, and then the last minute Dickie's Girl pulled out because they're actually like a very conservative company, or at least they were at the time, and they weren't sure about, you know, sponsoring a bunch of female punk rockers. So uh, the label actually ended up like sponsoring us, Warner Brothers. Like I remember still to this day, you know, that when fax machines were still alive. (laughs) I remember like (laughs) the fax coming out of the fax machine with our contract from Warner Brothers, you know, and I was like, oh, we made it. And so, yeah, that was the story of Paramore. They came on the tour. It was their first tour ever. Um, It was right when their first record released. They were amazing. They had huge crowds, you know, Fuel by Ramen backed them all the way. So, you know, they had a lot of obviously like promotion behind them and, you know, but they really just killed it. They did a prayer circle before they went on stage every day. Her dad was the van driver. She wore the same t-shirt every single day. She was really sweet, wow. you know, but like they were definitely, they would come. It wasn't your typical warp tour. Cause Jess, you know, when we do warped, you do overnight drives, right? No, they right. didn't do that. They, they, the label said that we want a slot between like, you know, one and two or whatever uh and we're gonna go we're gonna play we're gonna do our signing and then we're gonna get in the van and drive to the next city and we're getting them a hotel room so okay so yeah so we they did that and um and you know again Haley was like very sweet I think one day um you know we this was back when we were so punk rock we used to have the bands show up in the morning and help like load in because we were so DIY you know and um (laughs) and like literally we built this stage with like a sawzall and like you know cranked down the side you know it was crazy (laughs) and so one day like one of the one of our bass amps blew up. And this is kind of funny, Jess, because it's the whole spirit of Warped Tour, like, as we met, is, like, sh- helping each other out on the road, right, family? Yep. And so we needed a bass amp, and so we were asking Jeremy, who was their bassist at the time, hey, or I think we went through, you know, the tour manager, can we can we share your bass amp today? Ours is, you know, getting fixed or whatever. And they were not all about it. Like, they did not get it, you know? I Like, I don't know, remember in the end <laughs> if they let us use it or not, but you know what I mean? The mentality was they were definitely just, like, in their own, like, world, and it wasn't yeah. really their fault. They were – that was, like, by design, you know, the, the parents and the label and right. the management and stuff. But, um, but I will say, you know, they killed it, and the next year when we came back um, – you know, Haley was totally different because she had gone, she had toured to Japan and now she discovered fashion and, you know, she was 17 instead of 16. And um, yeah. she was so sweet, you know, like I would see her backstage and she was like, oh, hey, Sheeran, and very down to earth, you know? So she was, this is before Riot, you know, but it was like when they were starting to pop off. So, wow. um, I mean, God, what a, what a fantastic thing to have her on your stage. And then it ends up, you've had Joan Jett as well. Is that right? 
Yeah, so the following year, Joan Jett was on the main stage, and she used to ride her bike over um, to our stage every single day and watch the girl bands. I think she was scouting, you know, for her label, oh, Blackheart. And how she was cool. so supportive. Yeah, and she also just took our band, like, completely under her wing, their whole crew. Like, we used to go on, you know, the tour bus, smoke joints in the back. Like, they just really became our family on the road. We had That's the whole awesome. New York connection, too, because we were both from, you know, New York, and so we spoke the same language, you know? Actually, speaking of her scouting bands, didn't she scout Tatiana Demaria from Warp Tour? Is that right, Jess? Didn't um, Tatiana I, tell us? I, that? I believe so. Yeah, I believe uh, that was something that Tatiana mentioned in one of our episodes too. Which I'm sure did. Shira, yeah. did you you talked to Tad about that? I'm sure because you and Tad are close yeah. too. Yeah, she yeah, was we had Tad that, on 2006. Yeah, and, and on your stage never, as well. Yeah, yeah, on my stage. That yeah, that's a whole other story. But maybe she already t- told you. But yeah, I met her through. Uh, my producer in London, um, and yeah, basically brought her to the States, brought her to Warp Tour. It took two years. Um, she couldn't make it to, to, to 05. But um, yeah. but yeah, Tat, and also the Dolly Rots, they actually got signed to Blackheart after that tour. Oh, um, the Dolly Rots did. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm, from that. And then, but Tatiana never signed to Blackheart, but. Um, no, but yeah, she I'm never sure did. Yeah. Had talked. But same with me. Like we, my band was also in talks to sign with them, but you know, um, you know, they're, they're a very small label and they're great at what they do. You know, they're, it's a, it's a vehicle for Joan and we actually are be, going to be partnering with them for Gritty and Pink. So we can talk about oh, that a little later, but, that's um, but that, yeah, they're, yes. they're still fam to this day. We go to the Joan shows and hang out and uh, you know, I, we love and know her crew. And so yeah, essentially what happened was the last day of that tour, 2006, we were in Cleveland and, um, and Kenny, her manager, just said, okay, today's the day, Shira. And I thought they were going to bring me up on stage with her on, on, cause we were talking about it the whole summer. Oh, we got to do a collab. And, and, um, and oh, I, I have to also mention that halfway through that tour, um, half my band quit what? my drummer. Oh. Yeah. My drummer who, uh, and my guitarist who were really super young, um, quit halfway through the tour. Yeah. And I was like, so upset about it. And like, you know, they I just was couldn't because couldn't couldn't do the warp tour thing yeah they yeah you know it's a hard tour it's a hard it's grueling yeah yeah and so I was super upset because you know as much as I love running the stage it's like you know my why is like I'm a performer I love to perform you know and it's like now I can't even perform yeah I'm I'm putting everyone else on but like I can't do what I love to do best and um you know people were cool like like Tat's drummer was like I'll fill in whatever you need I'll play for you and one of my other friends was like I'll fly out but you know I was really bummed and I got a knock 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 on my RV door and open it up and there's Joan Jett <laughs> can, can I come in <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Joan comes in and sits on my couch and just like looks at me in, into my soul you know <laughs> like 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 looking in her eyes you know and she said listen girls like that make girls like us look bad and you have to keep going you're doing a good thing and you got to keep doing what you're doing and I just thought, well, shit, I got to keep going because Joan Jett just motherfucking told me to. Yeah, you know? so if Joan Jett told you, then you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can I curse on the show? Absolutely, yeah. yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Rock and roll, okay, so, baby. <laughs> so she was, you know, she helped me honestly get through that tour because it was not an easy tour. And, you know, we did end up <clears throat> having another guitarist, one of our friends, fly out, finish the tour. But, um, and we had actually, before the tour, we had opened up for her. She had invited us to open up for her and everything. So she she was very familiar with our band. And, um, yeah, so the very last day, so Kevin, um, Kevin knew about it. Kenny comes up to me and he said, okay, we're going to come onto your stage. He said, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you guys are going to play bad reputation. Joan's going to sing backups and play guitar and you're singing lead. I was like, oh my God. We find out about this, like the morning of, you know, Warped Tour, right? There's no, it's all throw and go. There's no like prep. 
So we're like, okay. So the band's all like, you know, figuring out how to play. I remember so clearly being on the side of the stage before we went on. And like, I felt like I was in the runways. We were rehearsing, you know, like before we went on. I was like, oh my God, this is so surreal. And um, we went on and performed. Kevin was in the audience, you know, they were all there. And um, yeah, it was freaking awesome. And that's like one of the highlights of my my music career that I will never forget. So Shira, you mentioned Gritty and Pink. Can you tell our listeners all about it? Absolutely. So Gritty and Pink is a new platform to empower women in music. And, you know, when we did the Warp Tour, we had this vision of creating a Gritty and Pink tour. That was sort of the original vision. And then we brought it back in January 2020 as a monthly event in LA. Jess was at the first one. It was at I the satellite. Yep. It was an epic all-girl jam of over 40 of LA's hottest female musicians. And uh, we had Eva Gardner, you know, basis for Pink. I mean, it was such a magical night. People said we were really filling a void in the LA scene. You know, we had an all-female lineup, all-star lineup. And we did three magical months. And then, of course, COVID hit. Ugh. So we decided to, yeah, we decided to do an Instagram live stream. And first night, uh, 600 people showed up. And we were like, wow, we're on to something. You know, so we we turned it into a weekly IG live fundraiser for different charities ended up raising thousands of dollars for different charities. Super proud of that. Um, and we created a private network an online network for our artists. So we've now featured over 200 um, female artists with like a collective following of 4 million on Instagram, 7 million on TikTok. So a lot of up and coming, you know, emerging like next big thing artists and um, our next sort of era is we are creating a marketplace for women who work in all aspects of the music industry and industry pros of any gender that want to hire women. So that's, I love that. the, that's the new thing. Yeah. Thank you. I, I was just going to say, I, I love that so much. And I feel like that is so in line with what Bowie and I believe in with, especially doing this show is like, we want to mm-hmm. feature and showcase women that are just doing all jobs in the industry. Right. Because Obviously, yes. it's like, yeah, like we're we're artists and we're on stage, but there are so many women behind the scenes that are making these shows and these events and these festivals happen, and they need to be showcased as well. They need a platform. And so you're giving them this platform now to so, – so basically, is it like an app or is it just like a, a website that people can go to and, and find – women that are like what, audio engineers, tech, you know, drum exactly. techs, guitar techs, all that stuff? All different categories, business, marketing, design, yes, uh, session work, lessons, yes. So we're building our beta right now. Thank you. So think of it kind of as a fiver for women in the music industry, if you're familiar with fiver. Oh, yeah, fiver, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. When's that all going to be happening? Um, So we've built out the prototype, and we are just about to onboard our beta group. Um, and then we, it's kind of this whole process, but we are in talks with some investors. So we are going to raise a pre-seed round to really build out our, our custom dream platform. Um, right now we, we have kind of what's, what we call in the tech world, an MVP, minimum viable product, which I'm new to this whole thing. Like I'm a punk rocker. I woke up one day. I'm like, okay, I'm a tech entrepreneur now. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a whole journey. I mean, and it's amazing. I have a whole team. I don't do it all by myself. I can never, but um, yeah, really our next step is um, getting investors, getting funded and then, you know, building out this beta group and also onboarding strategic partners so that, you know, we have the supply and now we need to beef up the demand. And we know, you know, these days everyone wants to, um, you know, 
include have inclusion and diversity in their hiring practices. And so we feel it's a very timely uh, platform, you know, but yeah, just getting it all together and launching it, it's a whole nother beast. So is it also um, going to be for musicians then? It's also like if you wanted to hire a female drummer, female bass player, female guitarist, are they involved in it as well? Or is this more of the like business side or It's backstage? all things. Yeah. So, all things. so okay. uh, musicians too. Yeah. What we're kind of um, considering right now is, is starting mostly with remote services because um, it's a little easier to scale. One of our investors kind of recommended, uh, you know, to start with more remote services because, you know, of course I'm like, I'm all about building it in LA because, you know, we have this amazing community already. They're already hiring each other and working for, you know, working with each other for amazing. different shows and, you know, so, um, so we'll, we, we will have local services too. Um, so that's what we're calling, you know, kind of localized services because you have to be in the same location. Um, but you know, the vision is to have this big, like global platform. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to be crazy. And I'm like, bring it because, you know, I've just been trying to figure out how to achieve gender equity and equality in this industry for a while now. And we've, we've gone down a few different paths. Obviously with COVID, you know, the, the tour thing, it's not the time for that. You know, Kevin Lyman is our advisor, very grateful for that. Um, and we talked about probably going to do a, a college tour to start. But now like the tour, rather than being our whole business model is sort of going to be part of our ongoing marketing plan you know so it's a different it's like framing things a different way but you know going after sponsorship I mean I've done it for years it's very tedious and it's really not scalable um, because you know if the, the person that you have a relationship with leaves the company or if the company's budget gets chopped the next year you know it's it's not like recurring so it's so much work to get a sponsorship I mean and I'm so grateful for all the sponsors Gritty's had we've worked with Mackie who I'm recording on their mic right now they're amazing I'm um, using their headphones Energy. right now. Yeah. Yes. We love Mackie. Shout out to Rob and the Mackie crew. Um, Monster Energy has been supportive. We've worked with Meat Weed Maps. We you know when we first launched Sailor Jerry sponsored us um, for the event. So, you know, we love our sponsors, but if for anyone who's ever gone after sponsorship, you know, it's a lot of work. So um, we really kind of set out to find this like sustainable business model that would help women in the best way possible. And we just figured, you know, the best way to help women in this industry is to put money in their pocket, you know, get mm -hmm. them gigs, get them paid. So yeah. that's what we're doing. And, and Shira, I have one more question for you talking about all of this, like getting the sponsorships and clearly you're like such an amazing business like person. You've created all of this on your own. Did you like go to school? What did you study? Did you study like yes. business in school? I did. Well, I went, I studied communications at UPenn. Um, I did take some business classes at Wharton, okay. but I, I minored in theater arts. So I was always like a performer and um, never really set out to be like a businesswoman, but it was just kind of in my, in my blood, you know. But it and, clearly uh, helps because like with everything that you're doing, it's so entrepreneurial and you're, you're it helps that you have that that education in it, you know? Yes, because yes. Well, now you know what else? I spent many years in the beverage industry too. If you remember, I used to work for PBR. We throw all the warp Tour after parties. Right, right. So I did marketing and sales in the beverage industry and I worked for some startups like Bev and Al's Brew. And so that also kind of showed me a different side of building a brand and, you know, the whole game of getting investors. And, and so that was my business school pretty much was working in the beverage industry, which beverage and music are, you know, have always been in bed together. But whenever I would throw, you know, I would throw a music festival for Paps or I'd sponsor a festival, I'd fly out and I'd be standing on the side of the stage. And you know, that feeling Jess of like, 
or Bowie, I'm sure you know too, you just want to be on stage, right? Like, you're yeah, like, you know, so I knew like, I was like, I can't do this beverage thing forever because it's not my passion. And I just felt like, you know, there was something, you know, deep inside. And then now I found this bigger purpose and I've just been on this crusade for women in music. So, I mean, if I can both be a performer and help like all women in the industry, I mean, that's like absolutely my dream. And speaking of being a performer, Shira, I do have to just highlight right now that you, you, Shira Girl has put out a new video, a new single, Anti-Social Media, right? And can you yes. tell us a little bit about this? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Actually, I have to say, Kevin Lyman's told me this is my best song I've ever done, which, you know, for someone that I've known for so long, I was like, that means a lot, you know? But um, I, I do feel, you know, when you put something out, you're like super proud of, and you're like, this is the best thing I've ever done. It's such a good feeling, because... Sometimes it's hard to get over that one song you love that you did years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, anti-social media, you know, it's about both poking fun and critiquing our social media driven culture. And of course, over the pandemic, it's all we had. It kept us connected, but it also kept us addicted and obsessed. And, you know, it can be really hard. I'm sure that you guys probably have seen Social Dilemma and there are a lot of negative effects of social media addiction as well. And so we wanted to just kind of draw attention to that and make fun of it. So um, super stoked on the single. And um, it's not only is our, our first release in two years, but um, it's also um, our first release with our with our new lineup. So, um, yeah, super dope. Obviously, you know Rainy P. She's, yep. she's a, a longtime drummer. And um, now we have uh, Constance Antoinette on guitar. We have Alex Nicole Windsor on bass. It's I feel like it's just it's an all star team and it's a great the video. Lineup. We really set out to um, have a female directed video because you know we want to practice what we preach with gritty right hire women. So that was right. a whole even finding like the great like female director like that was a mission in itself. You know, hopefully you know next time you girls can use gritty and pink to to find them. You know, make right? Yeah, um, exactly. Because they're out there, but it took a lot of sliding into DMs and asking who people know and. You know, but Heather Balish is amazing. She directed the video. We worked for weeks on making sure that the concept really matched the message and what we were trying to get across. So there's this contrast of like the glossy world, which is the social media kind of fake, happy, colorful, everything's peachy world. You know, the highlight reel everyone shows on Instagram. Look how perfect my life is. And then there's this grim world, which... Um, kind of resembles an asylum and a scene asylum. That's where the band's playing. And it's like showing, you know, social media, just like driving us crazy. You see wow. rain kind of like rocking, like she's watching her phone and then it kind of, it flashes back and forth between her and a straight jacket, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a strong statement and I'm super proud of it. And um, yeah, go stream anti-social media and watch the video. God, I love it. I love it so much. And uh, yeah, it is so good. Everyone go check it out. Uh, also, for everyone who's listening, Shira, if you want to give us um, your social media handles plus the gritty and pink handles, uh, you know, it's all pretty straightforward. But if you want to just say it for everyone, then we can tag you so that uh, everyone can follow all these amazing things that you've been doing. Absolutely. Um, we are Shira Girl on most socials, S-H-I-R-A-G-I-R-L. Um, except Instagram, we got the old underscore. So Shira underscore girl on Instagram, S-H-I-R-A underscore G-I-R-L. And Gritty is Gritty in Pink Life on just about everything, except for we did start a new TikTok, and that's oh. just Gritty in Pink. So, yeah. Gotta but, love um, the TikTok. 
Yeah, G-R-I-T-T-Y-I-N-P-I-N-K-L-I-F-E. Gritty and pink life. I don't know. Some, sometimes people think I say pretty and pink, and I'm like, no, it's a play on that. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I have a, I have a necklace. Also, I have, a, like, a, a necklace that says gritty. And sometimes when I introduce myself, like, at a party, people will be like, I say, oh, I'm Shira, and they kind of, like, squint at my necklace. They're like, what's, what's your name? What? Gritty? No. <laughs> Gritty? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Shira, thank you so much for joining us. I, you know, Bowie and I just love everything that you do for, for our community and for, you know, just empowering women in, in the industry. You know, I, I still think things are getting better, but there's still, like you said, it, even for you guys, for this new music video, it was, is, it was uh, even a little bit of a challenge maybe to find a female director for the music video. I just think mm-hmm. it's great for all of us to just come together and, uh, and just empower each other, you know, so really love everything that you're doing. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for having me on the show. And I love what you guys are doing. I mean, babe behind the beat. It's brilliant. I absolutely <laughs> love what you guys are doing. And yeah, I'm, I'm all for more collab down the line. Let's do it. We need, absolutely. we need a gritty and pink babe behind the beat collab. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's get on that ASAP. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that soon and, uh, everyone keep an eye out for that. But uh, yeah, Shira, thank you so much again. And we will definitely chat soon. I can't wait to see you again. Yes, thank you guys so much.